Nori ain't the best lyricist, but on top of that beat, he shines. I mean, yeah. you know, Pharrell got some hits. Pharrell, got, Pharrell, you know, I like Pharrell better with the Neptunes than Pharrell as a producer on his own, to be honest, though. Because he probably has some... Chad guy, that Chad guy is really nice on That's the key. He really does a lot of good melodies. Well, I will say, we'll see. I mean, like anything, it kind of depends on the reviews, and it kind of depends on the trailer. So if it's going to be a TV or a movie event, then I'll wait for the trailer to come out, and I'll reserve my opinion. Um, and if it's a play, then I'll wait to see what the critics have to say. And then that will kind of determine whether or not I go see it. But I, it would be something that would seem more likely than not, even without the reviews. In my opinion, this is like anything that Candy's attached to, just seems to go bust. I just don't, something about her just don't vibe well with me, you did. No, not Candy Burris. Kenya Barris. He's... <laughs> I thought you meant her, too. I thought, I thought you meant Kenny Burris, too. You talking about one from Escape. Who, who, who's Kenya Burris? No. Kenya Barris. He's the creator of Blackish. <laughs> oh, Barris. Oh. I feel like we need to, I think we need to, I think we need to start this episode over. <laughs> <laughs> no, because now I found out that you have these hidden feelings about Candy Burris, and I want to know why. What's the problem with Candy? Yeah, Everything I just don't like her. I don't like the way she did. Um, I don't like the way she did TLC. I mean, not TLC. Um, that group that she's in. I don't like how she did that. Them girls had to go off and become a triplet. I don't like her little stanky little attitude. I don't like how she always used to be like a bully on that that show, and then she turned around and want to be a victim and start crying that ugly ass cry. I just don't like her. I need you to provide some examples. You making some crazy ass generalizations now, and I need examples of when she ever. Uh, fucked with escape or like played a bully like if if she's all those things surely you got some examples well i, I can't give you like the episode number or anything like exactly that exactly because means... she's not a bully i'll wait i'll give you more time and i'll i'm sure we still won't find anything so uh <laughs> so speaking of talent <laughs> Speaking of Tyler Perry shows, though, I did want to bring up this video that I watched. Like, I think it was, like, Sunday morning. It was one of those nights where I fell asleep on the couch at, like, 9 o'clock at night, and then uh, I woke up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. So I just was scrolling through Instagram, being nosy, couldn't go back to sleep right away. And I saw a video of T.I., backstage at a concert. Whoever this camera person was was the real goat, by the way, because... There was, like, no, I don't know how they managed to whip out their phone, but it was, like, only, like, a sliver of an opening of a door. And you see T.I. sitting down. A woman is, like, a, like walking towards him and also about to sit down. But right before she sits down, he pats on the ass and, like, puts his arm around her <laughs> when she does sit down. And I watched that clip, like, five times because, I was like, damn, who is that woman? Not because T.I. is known for being, like, a dog or whatever. Like, I feel like at this point there's nothing that T.I. can do where Tiny will leave him. They'll just, they're always going to bounce back. I'd be very surprised if they broke up. Um, so I was watching, I was like, damn, that lady looks familiar. And it turns out it was the woman from um, the Tyler Perry show Greenlee the Oprah and Tyler Perry show Greenleaf on OWN. Do you guys watch that one? Or no. do you watch that one? I feel like Mark is not your lane. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Well, it's like, it's the woman. And so I went to the comments for clues, as a nosy person would, at 3 o'clock in the morning. And everybody confirmed that it was her. And I was like, damn, I knew that that face looked so familiar. And basically... Her character on the show is definitely, like, a shady character. Um, she plays, like, the pastor. Is like He's, like, the antagonist to the, like, the popular character or whatever on the show. And he plays, like, a pastor. He's a really shady guy. And she plays his wife. So I was like, hmm, maybe she was Catholic after all. But she never said that it wasn't her in the video. But 
she did address it and just was like, I can't believe that you know, like y'all are reading all these comments. How about you read the scripts from all the shows that I'm on? And basically, she just never said it was, it was her. But I was just wondering if you guys think that T.I. would ever, like, or T.I. and Tiny would ever break up, or is she just in for the ride? Well, I'll I put it like this. I, I, I heard rumors that uh, Camille Cosby was going to divorce Bill, and they both denied it. And I'm like, if Camille and Bill could still be together after all these years, after all the stuff that's going on, I, I think it's possible that T.I. and Tiny could stay together no matter what T.I. does, but I, I'm not counting on it. Like, in other words, if, it, if, if they did stay together 10 years from now, I'd be like, oh, they stayed together. But if, if they broke up, you know, I, I guess I'm indifferent because I, I, I'm not into that whole stay together no matter what. Thing, you know, because people make mistakes, you know, and if you make a mistake and you're allowed to have a chance to make it right. But I mean, I, I think at this point, if this, if T.I. really is stepping out with this woman, that T.I. is just kind of banking on the fact that Tiny's going to forgive him no matter what. And I think if he keeps pushing, if he keeps pushing the envelope, I think they will break up. I don't, I wouldn't want them to, but I think she would. She can only be humiliated so many times. But what if that's just like his artist and he's just flirty? I mean, is it really saying that he cheated? You know what I mean? No, oh, and that's the thing. There's no proof that he cheated with her. He just All I saw was like him putting his arm around her. But, I mean, in the clip, did it say that, that yeah, he her ugly anything like that? Uh-uh, he patted her ass real comfortable, like, like... Oh, oh, okay. I ain't never had a baby experience with her. <laughs> like, he patted oh, okay. her ass right before she was coming in. Like, come here, girl. Like, sit your ass down right here. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a little... He patted her Yeah, okay. That's different. Oh, a little pat your ass and sit your ass right here. That ain't no big deal, per se. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, sure, um, I'm sure Mercedes saw a lot of patting ass last night, and a bunch of those were probably married men. You know what I mean? Right. But it, but it, but it would still allow it, it would still allow a question to be asked. I mean, if it was just like she just sat down next to him, that's one thing. But he seemed pretty familiar with her, and uh, it, it would at least bear the question, like, "Hey, are you involved with her?" You know. And it wasn't like it, it wasn't like they were on the with all that slick talk in this time period. I, I'd be very careful what I say to females, women, whatever you want to call them. Because that means two shit is like, whoa. <laughs> so speaking of being careful about what you say, Fabulous is another one who is pretty much notorious for uh, cheating on on Emily B, his longtime girlfriend. Um, and also, he, he's also been rumored to have assaulted her. There's been no proof of that. Um, we've just seen video of him, like, like, cussing out her daddy and her brother, basically. But this past week, he slid in a girl's DMs um, and just asked the question, uh, you don't live in New York, do you? Nothing else to it. Um, but she basically took a screenshot. The woman took a screenshot of it and then posted it on social media and, and said something along the lines of, like, uh <laughs> I have a I have a fiance. I make my own money. I'm not a video vixen. Uh, I have standards. I like my teeth. Like basically, list all these reasons why she would never fuck with or respond to fabulous. And he was just like he justified sliding in her DMs because he wanted her to be in her in his video. My question to you guys is: Do you think that there was more to fabulous? Sliding in her DMs and that, or do you think she jumped the gun? Hmm. And the thing is, I haven't been following that one really closely because I'm not really a fan of Fabulous like that. I mean, I like a couple of the songs and there's a couple of his guest stars, but I don't really follow him like that socially. But that is a tough one. Blue, what do you think? Ooh, so he's so he's so like he lost the word. He's at a loss of 
What do I think about it? Come on, man. You know I'm from Compton, California. You know I don't rep that East like that. You know I can't stand no fat to fat. But no, nah, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I think that's a bullshit-ass excuse. Why are you, the artist, searching for people for your video when you're supposed to have a managerial team that's supposed to coordinate all that? I, I mean, you got people okay. like... I got, you know, you got people like, uh, and I know this is a way, is a way off the mark, but somebody like Jackie Chan, who they say, like, he forgets he's a star sometimes. Like, he'll be out there sweeping the sets and stuff like that. But that's, like, 1%. You know, everyone else, like Blue said, they got a manager to take care of that because they ain't got time to be sitting there running around going to shopping malls looking for video vixens, you know, or going through uh, – uh, websites and all that stuff. They got people for that. So I, I agree. It's it's a thin excuse, you know, because you got people for that. Agreed. Especially well, I don't know. I don't know if he does have people for that. I mean, is he even signing on a label right now? I know he did a mixtape with Jada Kiss, but it didn't really make no noise per se. And um, but I don't even, know if he's okay. even signed right now. Um, I don't think so. I think he's definitely, like, the mixtape guy. Like, that's his lane. He does shows. I'm pretty sure that that's how a lot of a lot of his income comes in is probably through the shows that he does. I like that. Well, that's what, um, that that's just what um, J. Cole he said. He said you ain't going to get no, no pennies off the um, albums, per se, the, the, the record label. Gosh, those, you're gonna, you better stay touring because that's how you get your coins. Right. And Fab and he said that in his, his, he said that in his, his, his song, 1985, which, but I only listened to the um, DJ Premier 1966 remix version. Well, whether Fab is touring in New York, I know he's really, really, really popular during homecoming season. It's summertime, so summertime shootout three or something along those lines will probably happen this year. I mean, I like Fab's music. He has plenty of content to keep doing shows, um, even if he doesn't have people. My thing is, which I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't, but even if he doesn't have people, mm-hmm. like, dude, you know, like, you've been in trouble for cheating on your girl and disrespecting your girl. So to make sure that nobody catches you like that again, <laughs> why wouldn't you just preface it with, uh, yeah, I'm doing a shoot. You know, hey, my name is whatever the fuck, because nigga, who are you? But hey, this is so and so. I'm doing a, sh- a shoot here in New York. Would you happen? Do you happen to live here? Because I'd love to have you out. Great. Like then, at least nobody can come for you and be like, oh, like, oh, this nigga was trying to slide in my DMs. He was trying to holler, blah blah blah. Um, I think old girl did jump the gun by the shit and trying to get attention for getting him, for him sliding in there in the first place. But uh, she jumped the gun. He was wrong for fucking with women when he knows that he's a cheater already. But whatever. <sighs> and and maybe, anyway. I'm just, maybe I'm just simplistic. You know, maybe I come from a, a, a simpler time. <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, Melania Trump. Like people, are like, oh poor Melania, and I'm just like, why? It's not like you know, no one knew who Donald Trump was, and it's like no, it's not like no one knew who Fabulous was. Like if you're with Fabulous and you knew he has a history of cheating, then what, are, what do you yeah, think the odds are that he's going to cheat on you? And I know that I know that's very simplistic, you know, and, and but at the same time, it's like, come on, you have to understand that people don't normally change that quickly. I'm not saying people can't change. I'm not that, you know, out of touch. But, you know, you have to understand there's going to be that chance that they're going to cheat on you, and you just should not be surprised when it actually does happen. So I, I, I don't buy that bullshit excuse about, you know, you know, it's kind of like those movies where somebody pretends to be a, a producer to try and get her to take their clothes off. Hey, maybe I'm gonna do it. We're gonna do this screen test over here at my at this office that I rented out. I'm really I'm really a, a high school guidance counselor, but you don't know that because my business card says Mel Stucky producer. You know, so I it just seems really thin to me. I, I wouldn't 
you know, I mean, you're innocent until proven guilty, but that evidence is kind of stacking up a little bit. Well, either way, I'm going to keep listening to the music, but I just wish I would just get quiet when it comes to the shenanigans with Emily. That's just my two cents. All right, so last story is about this dude, Triple X. I don't know any of his music, Cassion, whatever. I honestly can't even pronounce his name. Um, I will say the only thing that really bothered me about this, I don't, I'm not familiar with any of his his music. I'm not familiar with any of his um, social media presence or like his frame of mind or his two cents or just his general philosophies. I'm not familiar with any of that. I will say I think it's fucked up that a 20-year-old died. This is what bothers me the most about his death, the fact that he was so young and the fact that people were filming it. Like, I actually had to scroll past the videos to not watch it because you know how uh, luckily Facebook will tell you, like, when there's something graphic and you have to click past that notification so you don't right. see it. Right. I, I did that several times. For me, I just can't take that kind of imagery. Like, this is real life. I can watch movies like that because I know it's fake. But I cannot and will not ever voluntarily watch um, someone dying, especially from gunshot wounds. Like, I just don't understand what the fuck is wrong with people. And how they could, like, manage to watch it. And that's not judging you, but it just seems like there's a huge disconnect for us between this generation and the last. I definitely understand. The first time I seen a video like that, and it wasn't even on purpose, somebody just showed it to me, was back during the uh, Iraq war where they captured a a journalist and they they cut his head off. And they just took the cutlass and and just cut his head right off. And that's the first time I've ever really seen something like that, like that graphic, you know. So I, I do watch the videos of uh, the police shootings just because, you know. And it's not like, I, it's not like, oh, let me get some popcorn and watch this poor guy get his life taken away. But it's just, you know, just part of, you know, talking about it, you know. You have more passion about it when you actually see it. Like when they play it on Young Turks, they, they always give you that warning. Like, hey, this is going to be very graphic. It could be very upsetting. You know, and it usually is. You know. Yeah, at least like just just let me make that that decision. Right. Instead of just dropping it on you. But now now why why this kid get shot though? Um, they actually found his his murderer. Um, there's somebody in custody. It's been rumored that there's at least two people involved. Um and you know, this generation and their fascination with social media fame is very, very crazy. Um, so they, of course, the guy got caught because he was snitching on himself. He was posting pictures. Um, and the idea was, I, I, can't, I can't justify this logic, but it seems that their idea was, well, if we get famous for killing this nigga, then we actually get, Respect and people will listen to our shit. Kind of like on some um, hustle and flow shit. Like, kind of like hustle and flow, but in real life. In real life. And they killed that 20 year old boy, but I don't know if he was talking shit. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it would help to have a little more context to know if he not brought this on himself, but if he was creating enemies or anything like that, I don't know. So right. he could have been creating enemies. I, I wouldn't know because I didn't follow him. I'm not familiar with his music. But I do know that they have someone in custody. His mother posted that he uh, may have gotten someone pregnant, and so he may have a baby on the way, um, which I'm sure she would be excited about. Um, but it's just been a crazy case. It's been a crazy... It's been a crazy week. Um... Between the the people in Florida, the I mean the detainee camp in uh, Texas, I mean uh, just just a whole lot of shit. Like, ugh. But I'll, I'll let you I'll let you take that on, Merce, and, and and I'm actually out of here. I'm done. 
And you know what? I, I'm going to bring the mood down a little bit further, unfortunately, because speaking of watching people get shot, right? There was a shooting in Pittsburgh uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, a young man uh, got killed by police. And the police had just been, that cop had just been sworn in to that police station 90 minutes earlier. In his first 90 minutes out in the streets, he kills an unarmed, uh, an unarmed black youth. He's 17. So here's the thing. He must have been going for a record. He must have gone for a record. I mean, I mean, this guy wasn't a rookie. Like, they were making it sound like he was like a rookie. He wasn't a rookie. He'd been on different police forces for about seven years. So this was his first day in that police force, okay? And they stopped the car, had, had uh, three, black, uh, three black youths in it because it fit a description of a car that was involved in the drive-by shooting. So a guy got shot at by uh, people in the car. He shot back. But he, but the, the the guy was hit, and they described the car as the car that these that these people were in. So, and here's the part that always gets me. Okay, um, the cops, you know, pulled the driver out of the car, but the two passengers ran. So they jumped out the car and they ran, and the cop just immediately. So somebody, the cops didn't have body cameras, but somebody who was in an apartment. Uh, up on, I don't know what floor they were on, but they were filming it. And you just see the kids just run out of the car, and then the cop just immediately just started shooting at them. And the, and the girl who was taping, he was, she was like, why are they shooting at him? All he did was run. So you don't actually see the bullets hit them, but the cop did kill one of them. He, he fired three shots, and all three shots uh, hit this one kid. The other, the other one got away, right? Now, here's the thing. They did find two weapons in the car, but when they arrested the driver, they ended up letting him go because they didn't have any evidence on him that he was involved in that shooting. So, of course, what people say is, or what they always say is, why they run. That's why they ran. Because the cops, in that situation, your life is at 50-50. And I know people say, oh, God, nurse, that's such hyperbole, you know, there are plenty of times where I got pulled over and, I, and I'm still alive, and I'm like, yeah, because the dice are going in your favor, okay? For some people, they roll snake eyes every time. So, you know, I, and it's always like somebody who grew up in the suburbs who didn't have to deal with cops on a regular basis. They're like, well, I don't understand why they're so scared of the cops. And, you know, if, if they weren't criminals, they shouldn't be afraid of the cops, to which I say, Man, fuck you, imaginary person I just made up to make a point. The thing is, um, in certain neighborhoods, in a lot of neighborhoods, the cops are not, you know, it's not Officer McFriendly. It's not, hey, can you help me get my cat out of the tree? Sure thing, little girl. No, cops are the enemy because they see the people who they are, are supposed to serve and protect as the enemy. And that's the main problem. So if there wasn't that culture in society already, maybe he wouldn't have run. Maybe he would have just said, listen, you know, I know we got guns in the car, but we weren't involved in that shooting, so, you know, I'll let them take us to jail and we'll straighten this all out. But, no, uh, they were like, yo, if they find these guns in this car, they're going to kill us. And that's probably, and I'm not saying that was his mindset, I don't know this kid, but I had to put myself in his shoes, you know. Okay, first things first, I'm not much of a runner. <laughs> I'm a big guy. I, I would just have to just... Yeah. Every time I, would just, I watch a movie and the people are like, running, I always say, damn, I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah, I would just be like, look, I, I would have taken two steps, like, all right, look, 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 look. So let's not do this. Let me not embarrass myself on the news. Just take me in. Uh, we'll, we'll deal with this later. But, I mean, every week there's a new video of cops beating up people, shooting people. And then, you know, when you hear the jackasses on Fox News, are like, well, they shouldn't have run. I'm like, fuck you, Brian Kilmeade, you jackass. That's not an imaginary person I made up. He's a real Fox News jackass. Because um, that's, that's exactly what he would say is, well, why do you run? 
Yeah. You know, Brian Kilmeade is a multimillionaire, so he doesn't have to run from the cops. The cops work for him. The cops don't work for ordinary people. So, but I mean, and then I know one thing that was taken away from the media. I'm talking about the right wing media is that this kid wasn't some thug, you know, who had a, had a long criminal record. He was a, he was a straight A student and he was uh, he, he volunteered on the weekends, you know? So it wasn't like he was just some local dragon thug that they could say, well, see, he was a thug. Oh, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Now there's one less charity worker in the world, you know? And it's, it really starts with the culture of, Hey, you know, even though, I mean, and here's the thing, just because they let this, that's because they let the shooter go, doesn't mean that they may not have been involved in the shooting. All they said was they didn't have the evidence to hold them. Okay. So I'm not going to open my mouth wide and to, to shove my foot in it. But here's the thing, even if they weren't involved in the shooting, even if they did it, right, this kid was unarmed and he was running away from the police. He had no weapons. And he was running away from the cops. So even if he, let's just say he was a shooter, right? He still didn't deserve to get shot in the back. So, and if they didn't have that video, yeah. Over and over again, I, I don't have any suggestions on how to improve. Like, it's... Well, the only the only way we can improve it, it, it's the long way around the sun, as the song goes. But all these people who control the cops and control how uh, how cops deal with these issues, they need to be voted out. And in every and I did some research. In every city, it's a different method. So there are some places like like it's not the same position that trains cops, you know. Because that was, not a, that was not a situation where you would pull out your gun and shoot. That was a situation where you call for backup and say, hey, I got, you know, I got two of them on foot going east through this yard or something like that, and then let the cops come out and try and catch them. Not, oh, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and shoot you because you ran from me, because you didn't listen to my commands. That's fucking bullshit. So I'm pretty sure the cops are going to have a, uh, a good time uh, trying to figure out how to make this into a clean shoot. It's almost like a challenge for them. Like, how do we, how do we turn murder into a clean shoot? So, but speaking of, the, speaking of the same things over and over again, <laughs> we're going to go a little bit lighthearted on this. Uh, I know I've done at least two, maybe even three separate stories about uh, Republicans especially Trump fans who have trouble finding dates. And it's not that the same story ends up in my feed over and over, like one from 2016 just ends up over and over again, and I'm just doing the same story over and over. It's always a new story. So I saw the story in my feed, uh, what was it, yesterday, and I was just like, oh, this, oh, this sounds familiar. This must be from like 2017. Nope, nope, it was that same day. <laughs> You know, of people who uh, who work for now these aren't uh, Trump voters, so to speak. They work for the Trump administration, and they live in D.C. and they have hard time finding dates because they work for the Trump administration. So this is from uh, Business Insider, and I'm going to read uh, a couple of these because I think is I think is really funny, and some of them I think were a bit harsh. Like they didn't deserve some of this. So one person said, uh, you do the small talk thing, and then you have a very good conversation, and then they might say, you didn't vote for Trump, right? And this is a 31-year-old female. She says, as soon as I say, of course I did, it just evolves into all caps, how could you be such a racist and a bigot? And you're going to take away your own birth control. <laughs> This is one recent online exchange, a potential date asked her, do you rip babies from their mothers and then send them to Mexico? And another match on a dating app told her, thanks but no thanks. Just Googled you and it said you were a mouthpiece for the Trump administration. Go fuck yourself. 
That's a harsh thing to tell a woman to go fuck herself who didn't do anything to you directly. Now, I may tell Melania Trump to go to go fuck herself for wearing that stupid-ass jacket to go check on the refugee kids, but Melania Trump is a public figure. And I'm not saying that as a public figure we have the right to denigrate you. We have a right to call you out your name. But sometimes public figures do dumb things that elicit reactions, you know. So I, I, I you know, it, it's to a point. But to tell somebody who never did anything to you to go fuck yourself just because they work for Trump, I think that's a bit much. I would just, I would just say, for, I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But I would just say, I, I, I don't, I don't think this is going to work out. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, and then I'll just cut it off at right there. My phase, that phase, all summer 2018 is I'm good, love, enjoy. To be honest, I've seen that phrase pop up so much. I don't know the backstory. I don't know who originally said it, mm-hmm. but I just feel like that is the appropriate response when you want to say "fuck no" in a really, really nice way. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy, like that would be the perfect response to a Trump supporter. Just saying, I'm gonna love enjoy. And when you know, when white people start using that phrase, then I'll know it's done. But right now, it's pretty much using <laughs> <laughs> that phrase. You know, I, I know it's it's really hard for Trump fans. Like I, I work with a lot of people who I work with. They are Trump supporters. And I remember when Trump got elected, we were, we were still in training class, and it was just like nobody wanted to talk. So usually when your guy wins, you know, you don't want to, uh, you know, you don't want to mess with the other side, but aha, we won, but at least you come in and you're like, you're, you're a little happy. No, everybody was miserable. The people who voted for Trump were miserable, and the people who didn't vote for Trump were miserable. Like, it, just, it was just a miserable experience all around. And at least when Obama won, right, we could just say, hey, listen, I know uh, you voted for Romney or you voted for uh, McCain, but this is going to be good for all. At least you could say something positive. What are you going to say now that Trump won? Oh, yeah, don't worry, we're going to get rid of the Mexicans. What are you going to say that's going to make those people feel better? So these people have been forced into, uh, you know, forced into a corner almost. I was, I was, uh, I always say I need to change my avatar on PlayStation 4 because on Facebook, my avatar is Bernie Sanders and it says Bernie Sanders 2020. So it feeds over into the PlayStation. So whenever I play people on, on PlayStation, like when I do it on Overwatch and they see that Bernie Sanders is my avatar, they always want to talk politics with me. And I don't like talking politics on PlayStation because PlayStation is where I go to avoid politics. I just want to shoot you with my, in Overwatch, I just want to shoot you with my gun that shoots grenades. I don't want to talk about politics, you know. But one guy who I was dealing with on a regular basis, I knew he was a Trump fan, you know. But I said, you know what, I'm not going to worry about it. We're just going to game and have fun. Just don't talk politics with him and just game. And the other day, he went off on this whole, uh, he went full red trucker hat on me and talking about how the kids coming across the border, you know, how it was the parents' fault and it wasn't Trump's fault and Clinton made that law and, you know, just really going off. And he's like, well, we got to protect ourselves. Those gang members coming over, he just went full, full red trucker hat on me. And I haven't gained with him since. Like, he sends me invites, and I just ignore him. Like, I don't want to unfriend him because I don't want to be that guy. But I can't get those words out of my head. It's not a matter of, oh, I think that the marginal tax rate should be, I'm making up numbers here, 10%. Well, I think it should be 15%. You know, it's not like that. Or even like, oh, I think that this is the pathway to deal with immigration. Or I think this is the pathway to deal with immigration. That's debatable. But being okay with children, being put in cages, being stripped from, literally stripped from their parents' arms, I can't. If you're okay with that, I can't. 
so I'm not going to name this person, but I will say this is an older person I was speaking with mm-hmm. um, just about what, what, what has transpired. And to me, it sounded like this person was trying to justify some of the actions because, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, the other shit was not working. So, like, this was the way to get um, undocumented immigrants' attention because, at, you know, they were doing shit like, you know, sneaking over the border, working, whatever, and then sending the money back home and not really contributing to society. And I stayed very calm because I knew if I'd, like, escalated my voice in any way that they wouldn't hear me anymore. So I made sure I was very, like, specific when I was talking to the person. And I said, this is why this doesn't matter. I said, at the end of the day, these are human rights. These are humans. Putting humans, babies in cages doesn't benefit anybody. I said, if anything, when you think about the fact that we are not being hurt because undocumented immigrants contribute to the economy and don't get anything out of it because they don't pay taxes. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're kids, but how does that hurt me? Like, how does that stop me from living? And the fact of the matter is it doesn't. The only way I would feel a way about that is if I was jealous. Am I jealous? Absolutely not. What I'm doing over there does not affect me in any way. Like, like why are we treating us like we share this earth together? And treating a fellow human being like that does not sit well with me. And when I said it that way, that's when it was just like, oh, shit, like, yeah, this is why this is a problem. Now, I was like, that that hype, like, that narrative being hyped up is the Mexicans are coming or the Mexicans are taking right. our jobs is bullshit. I was like, that's not true. Like, I said, that's like me getting mad at a documented person, a citizen who happens to be maybe second generation uh, Asian Americans mm-hmm. who, who comes here and then like just past me and becomes valedictorian and becomes a doctor and all these things that I didn't even aspire to be. Like it, it just doesn't fucking make sense. It's, it's so mind blowing that people really buy into that. Well, and they, they, like, they, but what you gonna do? Like who's stopping you from doing it right now? Nobody took anything from you. You stopped yourself. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I, I, I put it like this, Odie. The only way I would ever be jealous of illegal immigrants or undocumented people or whatever you want to call them is if I woke up one day and just sat on the side of bed and put my head in my hands like, you know, I have a decent job working custom service. You know, I really want to do with my life. I really want to pick lettuce. And I, I, I left my boat to pick lettuce, and now all the, all the illegal immigrants have all the good lettuce-picking jobs. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only way I could ever be jealous of illegal immigrants. Their situation is so dire that they left their country and came to our country illegally just to work and send money home. My father came here from the West Indies not just because, you know, he was bored, but because there was no opportunities in the West Indies. So he came to America to get a better life for his family, which is us, you know. And he, he went through every – he's a naturalized American citizen now. My mom, when she passed away, she was a resident alien because she was just like, ah, I'm good. <laughs> but my dad is a naturalized American citizen. So while I am not for illegal immigration, I am not for treating them like animals. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not for that. And if people are just gleefully saying, yeah, you know uh, – you know, if they're just okay with that, it's hard for me to be okay with, with people like that. I can't just – because I can't unhear what you said. Because if you say, oh, those kids deserve to be in cages, even though it's doing them psychological damage at this point, being stripped from their parents and put in kid jail, you know. There have been reports of abuse as well. Yeah. Um, which is fucking <laughs> crazy to me, of course. Yeah. Like – we saw, okay, and this is a perfect example of that. Just earlier this week, there was a clip that went viral. And it was, uh, like, it seemed like a baby, like, at some sort of baptism, religious ceremony, and the pastor smacked the shit out of the kids when it wouldn't stop crying. Huh. And I'm just like, if people do that in front of your face, just the, the parents are standing right there, by the way. 
if people do that in front of your face, just imagine what they'll do to your child when no one is looking. And so I was like, yeah, I don't put it past anybody, you know, to, like, you can't say that these are professionals. Like, professional what? (laughs) Like, what the fuck are we talking about? But I will say this. The only thing about this situation, well, not the only thing, but one of the things that troubles me about this entire situation that I have a problem with from liberals, mostly, mm-hmm. uh, right-wing people are, are definitely guilty of doing this, but I feel like the facts of the matter are bad enough just by themselves. There's no need to sensationalize or um, hyperbolize what the fuck is happening here because at the end of the day, like, the fact of the matter is the children are being separated from their parents. That is terrible. Using phrases like children were torn from or ripped from their mothers, like, that, that to me is where if it starts to fall on deaf ears because you're not speaking facts anymore. You're trying to invoke emotions out of people. And that is, those are tricks of journalism that I don't appreciate. Right. But... But but in some cases, in some cases, I mean, not in every case, but I I get what you're saying, but I think they took what happened in a couple of cases. So there were were a couple of cases where it was important, like one mom was breastfeeding her kid, and the agents literally took the kid out of her arms while she was breastfeeding. One of them, they told her, yeah, we're just going to give your kid a bath, and then just, just never brought the kid back. You know, so there were cases like that, but but what I get what you're saying, if if I'm right, is that they're just taking from those few cases and just uh, stereotyping it. Yeah. Now, either which way, credibility. Yeah. That's I think that's why people aren't here. And even with the there has been uh there has been confirmation now where the father okay so the time magazine cover yes. has 45 on one side looking totally down at a little girl she looks like she's about maybe no older than two he's looking down at her she's crying right <laughs> there has been a report that says the father of the girl who is from honduras not even mexican there's a crying Honduras girl and she was never separated from her parents right so what and, the fuck? And, and, like, again, like, facts are bad enough. Why do you have to make shit up? Well, I'll put it like this. Or you know, because I, I, I've seen a lot of news outlets run with that story, that the fact that, that she wasn't separated from her parents. It doesn't take away from the fact that there's still 2,000 kids in cages. But I get what you're saying because, because the right-wingers are so looking for an out. They want anything to wipe the blood from their hands in this in this case, the blood and the mud from their hands. So if so, if they see, oh, well, she wasn't taken from her parents. Well, you know what? There really isn't two thousand kids in cages. That's all just Photoshop. Like they're just looking for that out. Now I know, I know that that picture wasn't put there for the purpose of deceiving people. It was just a, a just matter of it. we just want to make a cover because it's not like Donald Trump was there. <laughs> you know, it's not like Trump was there when it happened, but. At the same time, you're dealing with people who are suffering from a severe case of cognitive dissonance, you know, a severe case of, uh, uh, this is going to sound goofy, this is going to sound goofy, but I want you to stick with me. There was a, a Spider-Man villain from the 70s called the Jackal, right? And he was a, a long-time nemesis of Spider-Man. And um, he was doing illegal cloning experiments, because Spider-Man's girlfriend at the time, he was in love with her, and he took, you know, he, they took, because they all went to the same college. You know, Peter Parker, Gwen Stacy, all that went to the same college, so they took samples from everybody, right? And when Gwen Stacy died, uh, his name was Professor Miles Warren, he went insane, and he started trying to clone her. And when his uh, science partner found out and was going to blow the whistle, Miles Warren killed him. Right, and after he killed him, he looked down at him on the ground, dead, and was like, "I didn't do this. It wasn't me. You know who it was? It was the jackal. Like he just made up an alter ego on the spot. The jackal did it. I didn't do this. And then that was his villainous alter ego, the jackal. You know, and that's kind of like what we're seeing here because we're seeing with these Republicans, they're like, you know what? I'm not a bad person. No, you know what? It's not 
our government's fault that they're taking kids from their parents and putting them in cages. It's the parents' fault for coming over in the first place. Here's the thing. There is no law, well, at least not until Trump and Sessions changed it, that makes, uh, well, put it like this. Crossing the border is a misdemeanor. It's not a felony. And if we prosecuted every misdemeanor, every time you got caught driving out a seatbelt, that's a misdemeanor. Then they would just put you in jail every time you were driving out a seatbelt. Like we, a misdemeanor, we don't normally prosecute them like that. Because if we did, everybody would be in jail. <laughs> so um, they created the whole zero tolerance thing. You know, yes, uh, there were, everybody had their own addendum to the immigration laws going back to, uh, heck, going back to Carter, you know. But a lot of them either weren't enforced heavily or if they were enforced. So I'm not saying that parents weren't separated from their kids under the Obama administration but because they were. But that was a bug, not a feature. You understand? So there were some cases where if you cross with your, you know, with your kids, because of the laws where uh, how long kids could be held in detention centers, right, there were cases where parents were separated from their kids under the Obama administration. That is true. But, like I said, it wasn't a feature. It was just an, an unintended after effect. So with Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions, this was the effect that they wanted because they want to strike fear in all of these uh, migrants trying to cross the border. Why do, they, why do so many of them cross at this time of the year? Because it's warm. You know, they're not going to cross in January because they'll freeze to death out there, you know? So they cross in the summertime when, it's, uh, when the weather favors them and they try to apply for asylum. So a lot, of these, a lot of these kids in these cages are not from Mexico. They came across the Mexican border, but a lot of them are from, like you said, from Honduras, you know? So the whole goal of this thing is just to strike fear. They want it to be a deterrent. They want to deter illegal immigrants from crossing the border, you know? And my thing is this. I mean, if you're a legal immigrant and you cross the border and you get caught and you get sent home, I can't do nothing for you because you're not a citizen or you're not, you don't have your papers, you know. But for me, unless they commit a crime running around trying to capture legal immigrants, if I had a hundred things that need to be done, uh, you know, chasing legal immigrants would probably be bottom five. And for me, 10 years ago, it used to be top 10. And now it's bottom five because now when you see a little bit more of the world, like you said, Odie, people, when they, uh, the jobs that illegal immigrants are doing, Americans aren't doing them. Americans aren't picking lettuce. Americans aren't picking strawberries. You know, Americans aren't landscaping. You know, these people have so much trouble trying to fill these jobs that they have to turn to migrant workers to fill them. So why not just give them a work visa and let them come over and work and send money home? And then, and guess what? Now they can pay taxes and really, like, contribute to the system. Exactly. I understand that there's a certain degree of um, immigrants, undocumented immigrants needing to contribute to basically the cash system to keep shit afloat. But Mm -hmm. then people have to get paid under the table to kind of keep shit afloat. Like, illegal shit has to happen in order for good things to kind of populate or generate out of the situation. But... I just don't see how that's stopping you from living. How is that affecting your life? It's not, okay, we may shut the fuck up. It's kind of of like abortion. It's like if a woman in Boise, Idaho has an abortion, how does that affect me? It doesn't. So why am I going to make, why am I going to spend my time, my, 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 my precious Saturdays, getting, buying poster board and making a sign and standing out in the hot sun in front of an abortion clinic, being like, you know, killing babies is murder. Like, why would I do that? Because it doesn't really affect me, and it, doesn't, and it doesn't even have a ripple effect. But you know what it is? I, I heard today uh, when I was watching my, my daily news, uh, my daily news cycle, that a lot of people are becoming more nationalistic because they're afraid. Because they're afraid that with all these immigrants coming in from all these other countries, I mean, right now, white people are about 60, 60 to 65% of the country, Right. But in 10 or 20 years, that's going to go down because white people aren't having babies like they used to. Now, here's my thing. 
Now, here, here, here's my thing. Why is that, though? And then I don't know. You know what? The same thing is happening in Japan, where Japanese men and women just don't like each other. I'll, I'll find that article, but I, I found it to be really interesting. Like, there are just no, you know, I don't know. But, I, I mean, look, look at it like this, right? I, there was, I think I mentioned it before on the show, so I'll just go over it real quick. There was an episode of South Park where Cartman thought that, you know, it's a comedy. He thought that all the white people were gone, it was just all Mexicans. And he had this fantasy, in his, well, not really a fantasy, but in his head of Mexicans basically taking revenge on Cartman for how he treated Mexican people. You know? So my thing is this. Let's just say even after they took over, you know, they killed the Indians and took all their land, right? Let's just say Americans thought, hey, listen, you know, we, we've done a lot of horrible things. We shed a lot of blood, but let's just move forward and try to be better people. And from the 1800s on, they just decided, hey, we're going to be better people. That didn't happen, did it? Not at all. And even until now, it hasn't happened. So now when you have people who have shitted on other people as, as a whole, not as an individual, but as a whole, shit on, on minorities and women and LGBT community and everybody, you know, for so long, when even the thought in your mind that one day these people are going to be the majority and you're going to be the minority, how do you, th- you think that they're, going to rem- they're, they're, they're just going to forget all the times that you opened your ass and shit on them? No. They're probably not going to forget that. And I'm being, I mean, this will probably happen long after we're gone. But I think these people are kind of, I think they're, they're I mean, they, they listen to all this right-wing news, and it filters straight into their brains, and I think they're, I think they're, it makes them afraid. So while they may not, you know, they just don't want to see that happen. They're used to being in control in one way or another. That's why a movie like Black Panther scares them. Oh, a movie with mostly black people in it? You know, like, well, you couldn't find, you, you only find two white people to be in your movie because they're used to having movies with 10, 12 white people in it and two black people in it. You know, uh, unless, unless, unless Ruby Ray Moore is in it, they don't, they're not used to seeing a movie with that many black people in it. Unless it's a Tyler Perry movie or a Ruby Ray Moore movie where, where they're being buffoons. You know, so it's, it's, it's kind of weird, but, you know, but the birth rate for whites is, I mean, I don't know how much it's going down, but it is going down. So you figure if the birth rate for whites are going down and more immigrants are coming in, you know, and then it's a perfect thing for uh, Fox News and Breitbart and everybody to just, and InfoWars to just strike fear into people. So you may have some people who were never nationalistic before who are nationalistic now because they're afraid because all they watch is right-wing sludge. And all their right-wing sludge is telling them is that, hey, you know what? Yeah, these, these cute little Honduran kids may be cute now, but when they become teenagers, they're going to join MS-13, and then they're going to kill you in your sleep. You will never see it coming. And that's what, you know, that's what they're telling them. Listen to Fox and Friends, Steve Doofy and Brian Kilmeade. I know his name is Steve Doofy. Steve Doofy just fits him better. You know, because he, he is a doof sitting there just nodding his head to all the bullshit that comes out of the other's mouths, you know. It's an, it's an unfortunate name if you're on Fox News. I would have changed my name to Johnson or Williams. <laughs> so, I didn't set my time. But I don't know how much time we have left. Did you have anything else, Odie? Nah, I didn't have anything else. I had one other thing, but I think it, it can wait until Monday because I, 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 I wouldn't have time to go over it in full now. It could definitely wait until Monday. But I, I'm just hoping that this whole thing uh, – I'm just hoping no one else gets hurt because I know it's not going to come to a good conclusion because look who our president is. <laughs> it's not like we have a president who gives a shit about people. You know, we have, uh, we have Donald Trump in office. So, and then here, here's the worst part. When they separated all these kids in, from their families, uh, they didn't really write down whose kid was whose. If, if you go to a club, Odie, and they take your coat, they give you a, they give you a ticket, 
and says, okay, we have your, we have your $100 coat. Here's a ticket. You took somebody's fucking kid, and you have no way to get it back to them. That's our government at work. So, because they're not valuable. They don't value them. They was like, oh, don't nobody care about these, like, you know, little Mexican babies, little Honduras kids, like, Honduran yep. kids. Don't nobody care. Brian Kilmeade was like, it's not, it's not, it's not like they took them from Texas or Idaho. <laughs> and now they think they're better than us. No, it's not that we think the kids from Honduras are more important than kids from Idaho. We think that they should be treated as humans, just like the kids from Texas and Idaho, you mother. Uh, I don't want to go off. I'll, I'll save all that for Monday. But, I, you know, if I ever saw Brian Kilmeade in the street, I think I, I think I would try and beat his ass. Like, that's how much I hate that guy. Because everything he says is just wrong. And, he, and, and you know he means it. You know. Some of those Fox News people are just actors. Like they, they say this stuff and then they go home and take a hot shower. Just wash all the, you know, they're, they're like, it's a living. <laughs> and they just got to wash all the sludge off of them when they go home. Not Brian Kilmeade. He believes all that stuff 1,000%. I think even Steve Doofy may have a, may have a conscience in there somewhere. But not Kilmeade. So, but uh, that's all I had. Well, my last, my my final words are: everything is love, <laughs> according to the Carters. According to the Carters, so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I know I used to save this part of it for politics, but uh, it is June, so uh. You have basically less than five months to uh, to vote. I mean, so if you're, I mean, you could check on your local website for your uh, for your city or or state and see if you're registered to vote. And if you're not registered to vote, make sure you go. And if you're in a state like Ohio, where they're allowing people to purge voter rolls, make sure you check and make sure right now and see if you're registered to vote still. You know, because they can purge you from the rolls now and not even and not even tell you if you haven't voted in a while. So, wow. because uh, I, I and you know, I, if you've been listening to the show, I've been you know doing a lot of doom and gloom about November because the Democrats are just not taking this seriously at all. So I'm either going to be I'm either going to be happy or I'm going to be right, but it's not going to be both. So I would, I, would much, I would much rather be happy than right in this case. So please, make sure you're registered to vote, and make sure you vote in November. There. There. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. Mr. Blue, did you have anything? No, nah, nah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? West Coast Thompson for life. Thompson in the house. Yes, yes, yes. All I have to say is, man, this has to be the biggest, biggest joke on America ever. This cannot be reality. If you've never seen the Matrix trilogy, please take the time to watch it and watch it carefully because this is very indicative of a glitch in the matrix. This cannot be our reality. Yeah. And that concludes another episode of 360 Degrees featuring Merkin Prescott. Mercedes Wright, F. Christopher Blue, and the rest of the eclectic cronies. We haven't already yeah, subscribed subscribe to the Urban, Urban Breakdown, Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as 360 Degrees, He Said, She Said. I think that's it for now. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. Bye, 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 bye.
Thank you.